Well, we're continuing our series today, and that is It Is Written, right? Pastor Cade kicked it off with a life built on God's Word, reminding us how we need to put God first. And let me tell you something. The first time he, he mentioned that, he said, if God's not first on your list, he's not on your list. And man, that, I was like, man, that is painfully honest, or <laughs> painfully true, you know? I'm like, man, that is true. So really got me to thinking, but so he reminded us of that. And then last week we talked about how the Bible's laid out and how we can trust it as the infallible Word of God. We went over how many copies have been found. We went over uh, how many prophecies even just Jesus himself fulfilled. Uh, and we even talked about how the Bible is scientifically accurate. Okay, A lot of cool stuff. And if you missed it, don't forget, you can check out any sermon on here online. You can go online if you missed a service, and you can actually listen to it online, which is pretty cool. So if you missed one, go check it out. All right, so now that we know that the Bible can be trusted and that we need to use it as our foundation, today we're going to be talking about how exactly can we do that, and that is by holding on to God's Word. So if we can grab a hold of God's Word, then we can see it come alive in our lives. And I want to show you why it is important to know God's Word. For if we know the importance, then we will have purpose. When you go to make a change in your life, the first thing that, you, uh, that they'll tell you to do is to know your why. Why are you trying to make a change? If you don't have a solid purpose or a solid why, you're going to fail at that. You know, Gina and I have been married for just over 11 years now, and the entire time we've tried to eat healthy and work out, you know, just a couple things. You try, I think everyone struggled with that, like, I wanted to, and usually it's, I just want to lose a few pounds, you know, that's your why. Why? I don't know. I just want to lose a few pounds. And guess what? That's not a very solid why. And it never lasts, you know, you just do this roller coaster thing. So, you know, we would fail. We just go back to being kind of lazy and putting food in our body that wasn't good for us. It wasn't until we changed that generic why into something that was solid. We want to be fit so that we can enjoy the lives of our future children better, right? We want to be fit because we want to travel. No, we don't want to, you know, we're going to be able to go see things. We want to go on missions trips. We do not want to be limited on how God can use us because we're not in shape. What a silly reason to be limited from God because you can't take care of your body. So once you change your why, it makes a huge difference. I mean, you can even ask Coonrod down there, if you're going to Mexico, Ben's going to keep you busy. You know, I mean, if you're not in shape, you can still go, but I mean, you're going you're gonna to be huffing and puffing a little bit, okay? <laughs> so you need that more personal why. You need something that has that deeper meaning. Uh, for it is the purpose that drives your action. And I'm going to show us through the Word why we need to incorporate it into our lives. The Word. Why we need to incorporate the Word into our lives. So much so that it becomes our lives. Amen? I want us to, under, I want us to understand the why. So studying the Bible and praying seems less like traditional habits and more like relational growth. Because the more we know the Father, the more we will understand His purpose, and the more our lives will align with the Word. And by the way, you want your life to align with the Word, because there's some awesome promises in the Word of God. Amen? Do you want joy, peace, prosperity? We're talking about joy this morning. Do you want that in your life? 
It's not that everything in your life is going to be perfect, but you will have the peace of God through all circumstances. Amen? Amen. And this is exactly how the Apostle Paul lived. So let's look at what he had to say in Philippians. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So, you know, Paul said this while he was in prison, facing possible execution when he was in Rome. So how many here say you could say the same thing? You know, you're possibly going to get executed for your faith. You know, and you're sitting there like, you know what? I'm good. God's great. That was Paul's attitude the whole time. While he was in prison, you're going to get executed for his faith. Okay? And thank God that Paul gave us the answer, and it is through Jesus Christ. Paul could have this kind of peace and contentment because he knew how to hold on to God's word. God's word was more real to him than his physical circumstances. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Paul knew this. You know, he could have joy in any situation because joy comes from the Lord. You know, happiness, however, happiness shares the same root word as the word happen. Happiness is determined by what is happening. It's emotional. It's determined by your circumstances. But joy comes from the inside. And when we begin to realize who we are in Christ and what he has for us, that joy will manifest itself on the inside of us. So if we want the same kind of peace and joy in our lives, we have to make God in his word a priority. So let's look at what Jesus says here. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You notice here that Jesus is speaking to Jews who already believe on him, right? He has made a distinction between those who believe on him and those who are true disciples. God has called us to more to life than just salvation. Salvation is great, but God gave us even more than just salvation. He tells us to abide in his word, not just read it casually. We are called to live it out. If you want to be set free from sickness, poverty, depression, it doesn't matter. Whatever you have, you can name it. You have to abide in his word. That's where you get set free. And it's not because you have to do certain things to please God. We know that. You don't have to do that to earn his favor because that is works-based, right? And we know it's not work-based. It is because the word of God is like a seed and it needs to be planted and watered in your heart so that your mind begins to emulate your spirit. Your spirit man is already made new. You have to convince your mind of it by planting that seed and renewing your mind. He loves us so much, he gave us the blueprint and how to live a no-limits life here on earth. You don't have to wait until you're dead to see the kingdom of God come alive. right? But you do have to abide in his word. Amen? <laughs> James says here, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's not enough to even just know the word. You have to put it into practice. 
It's not just a part of your life. It is your life. If your spouse or kids get sick, you know, the first thing you should be doing is cast out that sickness and speak healing, because that's what the Word says. But you should also be speaking the Word over your life before you get sick. Pray that uh, you, can, you can walk in divine health, okay? You know, it's almost allergy season. So if you go around confessing that you're going to get your allergies because it's allergy season, you're going to get allergies, right? <laughs> Quit confessing your allergies. You know, we've been going over uh, healing in small groups, and we've seen some people get healed. And you know what? We have seen some people not get healed. But do not be discouraged if you do not see healing, okay? Keep standing on God's word. You will continue to build your faith by confessing his word, and you'll be better equipped the next time that that sickness comes back up. The seed will eventually take root, okay? So if you're not seeing what you see the word of God, just keep keep that seed uh, watered, keep it nurtured, and you will eventually see the fruit. We need to get to a place where our actions are based on what the Word of God says. You do not live by the wisdom of this world. In fact, the Bible tells us that we will look foolish in the eyes of this world. So if you're looking kind of foolish, you're probably on the right track, right? (laughs) So let's look a little further ahead in James. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Can faith alone save, right? Well, there is a quote, and I believe it's from uh, John Calvin, and he said, Faith alone saves, but saving faith, that is the saving kind of faith, is never alone. Right? And this is what James is saying. Here's, Here's a better way to put it. You know, it is almost tornado season here in Oklahoma, right? And yes, I believe that we can be built up enough to rebuke the storm because Jesus did. And he said, same works we can do and greater works we'll do because he goes to be with the Father. So I believe that's possible. But if we're being honest, all right, and if you knew there was an F5 tornado headed here, what would you do? (laughs) Yeah, watch it. It's what we Okies do, isn't it? Most of us would probably seek shelter, honestly, right? Oh, okay. (laughs) Some of us might even uh, scream, begin to panic. You never know. But the point is, there will always be action to what you believe. You know there was a tornado coming, so you take action, right? And this is what James is saying. If you believe the word, if you have faith, then you will take action on that faith. For James goes on to say, For as the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without works is dead also. So some of us wonder why that we are not seeing what the Bible says that we should have come to pass in our life. Well, examine your faith. Is it dead? We can know if it is or not because we know if we got any action behind it. Is there any works going along with your faith? So we need to examine ourselves to make sure we are not deceiving ourselves. If you haven't been putting action to your faith, no worries, because today's a new day. God's a good God. Amen? And I want to try to motivate you, so let's look at what the Bible tells us about Christians that abide in the Word by putting action to their faith. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine 
and does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descends, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. This is Jesus speaking, and it sounds a lot like uh, what Paul was saying about being content in all things. The Word of God is likened to a strong foundation, right? It is what we need to build our life upon to withstand the storms we encounter in this life. We cannot expect to live a life according to the world and live the no-limits life that God has for us. Okay? So that one more time. We cannot expect to live a life according to the world and live a no-limits life that God has for us. This is why it's important to put into practice the things that the Bible teaches. So I hope this is really helping you guys find your why. Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to make God a priority in your life? Besides the fact that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God that knitted you together in your mother's womb, said to do this, it is also for your benefit. Amen? It's for your own good. It brings peace and joy in all circumstances. So spend some time really pinning down that why. Where do you need peace? Where do you need joy? What do you wish was different in your life? Amen. So now that you see what God has for you, if you abide in his word, how do you do it? Well, if you remember, and I hope that you do, Kate challenged us this year to pursue God more than we ever have by prioritizing Sunday service, first Sunday prayer, your small group, by prioritizing him in your everyday life. This is how we're going to take the limits off God. Because God is, is not limiting us, we limit God, right? So as I remind you of this challenge, I want to help you in the daily life part. I want you to test this out because I know it'll make a big difference. I know it will. But if you would give God the first part of your day, I guarantee you will see Him move. Not because He's been holding anything back until you do, but because you will be acting on your faith. Faith without works is dead. So show yourself that God is the most important priority in your life. And it will ignite your faith. And you will start to receive those things that He has already freely given. So I challenge you to do these three things. Praise God. Put on some worship music and spend some time in His presence worshiping Him. Prayer. Take some time to talk to Him. Thanking Him for what He has done in your life, and also seeking His plan and His will for you. And then third, uh, read the Word. I know this sounds like it can be time-consuming, right? You're already probably thinking, I can't do all that. Especially before work. First thing in the morning, I already have to get up super early. There's no way. You know what? I've been there. I used to have to be at work at 6, and I tried this, and I failed. (laughs) And it really bothered me, honestly. That's because I was trying to make it too formal. Like, it doesn't have to be this formal or real structured. All it takes is 15 minutes. And it can be done to your, on your way to work, okay? Just play one or two worship songs in the car, right? There you have it. There's five minutes. Five minutes of praise. Talk to him for five minutes. Just talk to him about your day, what you're hoping for. And then you can even play your audio Bible on your smartphone. So, like, you don't even have to read it. You can listen to it. 
right? If you have the YouVersion app, Bible app on your phone, which most people I talk to do, then you can listen to it. There's another five minutes. You already got 15 minutes. You've already given God the very first part of your day, and I guarantee you, you'll be able to tell, I promise. Test it out. But do this daily and watch your life change as you plant that seed into your heart, and it'll start to bear fruit. Just remember, this isn't like a one-and-done thing. You can't do this once, okay? This is daily. You have to take care and nurture that seed that you're planting. So this year, let's pursue God with all of our hearts, give Him the first part of our day, and I guarantee you next year will be a whole lot better. Well, let's see exactly what happens when we take all three of these things combined and do them in our daily life. Let's see what the Word says that we will receive, okay? When you praise God, even when you don't feel like it, let's look at what happens, okay? This was when Paul and Silas were in prison. Got another time that Paul was in prison, right? (laughs) But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. Hmm. There's a good chance that Paul and Silas might not have felt like singing out to God right now. You know, again, that, pretty, did they get flogged? I think they got flogged this time even, maybe. But when we praise God through all circumstances, instead of complaining and asking, why me? Why me, Lord? Instead of complaining, if you would just sing out, sing praises, we will see the things that are holding us in bondage drop away. Okay? And what's awesome is that's not all. This, this passage says that the other prisoners were listening right? If you read on, none of these prisoners left. They were free to go. Their chains had fallen off, everything had opened up. The guard was going to kill himself because he assumed everybody was gone. But none of the prisoners left. Other people in your life will see you praise Jesus through the storm, and then they will desire to have what you have. So your praise will not only affect you, but it will affect those around you. And I, I mean, I know when I'm not in a good mood and honestly don't feel like praising God, but when I do, it always changes my mood. It, does, it works every time, every time without fail. I'm like, wow, that was silly. Why didn't I do that earlier? You know, I know it would work, but you're just like, man, I don't want to. But it's like a weight lifts off of you, and then that joy starts to come up from the inside, and it works. Now, what about prayer? Look at what prayer will do in your life. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Who needs more peace? You notice this says with thanksgiving, right? That's how we come to God. Begin to focus on the good things in your life. Thank God for them and talk to Him about what you're believing for. But this will develop a trust in Him and it will bring a peace in your life that goes beyond human understanding. So what about hearing the word? What would that do in our lives? Well, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it builds up our faith. And also, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when you make the habit of reading the word or listening to it, you will grow in your faith. And you will begin to change because you're going to be renewing your mind. This means that your thoughts will start to line up with God's thoughts. Your actions will start to line up with the Word. 
and you will start to see God's will come to pass in your life, which I promise you is better than anything you can imagine. Any sort of plan that you have for your life right now, if you could tap into God's perfect will, I guarantee you it is better than the craziest thing you can imagine for your life right now. For God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hmm. And I know sometimes even something as simple as giving God 15 minutes can seem burdensome or overwhelming. And I think the hardest part is the reading to or listening to the Bible part, because we're generally pretty good at talking about our problems, but less inclined to listen to instruction. <laughs> it's like it takes more focus and it seems more like uh, a task instead of a relationship. But we know that Jesus is the Word. So when you read the Word, you are getting to know Jesus. It is relational, okay? Knowing the Word will help us to discern His voice because we already know Him from His Word. So as I come to a close here, I do want to help make it easier to incorporate these truths into your life. Some people find the Bible hard to understand, and that's just why I want you to find a transla- translation that you like, because this will really help taking that, that task feeling out of it, because you need, it, you need it, something that's easy for you to read. And there are three types of translations. The first is known as a formal or exact equivalency, and those are the King James, New King James, NASB, and ESV. And these are basically word-for-word translations. They went back to the original texts, and they translated it word-for-word. And the King James Version is full of the old all the old English, you know? And I know a lot of people that will just like, nope, you got to read the King James Version. That's it. But to me, it's distracting when I'm reading all those these and thous and stuff. But So I really like the new King James Version because it basically keeps the King James Version, but takes out the these and thous. It's easier for me to read. And then the second type of version is the functional equivalency. And these translations are still translated directly from the original texts, but they're translated thought for thought instead of word for word. Okay, so they'll take the whole sentence and then they'll put it into context in today's grammar. And, uh, you know, I haven't really like read through all these different versions, but I know that the the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, and uh, it's real easy to read. Like they've got it broke down. You can just read right through it. The NIV is almost a mix between the two, actually. It's almost a mix between the word for word and the thought for thought. It's it's really a good uh, middle ground between those two versions. And the third kind is paraphrased. And this is the Living Bible and the Message Bible. Uh, they didn't even go back to the original text for these, but uh, don't let that scare you away, though. They, they went back to the English translated ones, and they just reworded it to where it's even easier to read. So if you're even having problems reading uh, the NLT or the NIV, then uh, get one of these Bibles, because they have really broken it down in, a, in better grammar that you can understand it. Like I said, I like the New King James Version. But if I come across something that I don't quite understand, like sometimes I'll run across something still. I'm like, what's that mean? I'll look it up in the NLT and see how it's written in today's grammar. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. But just because I like the New King James Version doesn't mean you'll like the New King James Version, right? So find one that you like because it's better to get the word in you in any way you can and then and not be discouraged because you don't understand what you're reading in the first place. Amen? 
So when you, when you start to make a daily habit of reading your Bible, you will hear scriptures that stand out to you because they're going to speak to certain circumstances in your life. And if you memorize those and meditate on those, they will be like a seed and they will produce fruit in their season. So when you lay a hand on your, chil- your children or your spouse to speak healing over them, you'll see that fruit because you've already prepared it. You've already planted that seed. You've taken care of it. You've nurtured it. Guess what? Healing's there ready for you to pick. So the, by taking the time, we do this by taking the time to get into the Word of God daily. All right? And lastly, get in a small group. Right? <laughs> Amen? These groups are designed to help you walk with God, help you in your walk with God. Because you'll be around like-minded believers who want you uh, to help you and to encourage you in your faith. I've already talked to a few people who actually prefer the feeling of a small group because it is more personal. You know, it's, you're right around there with a bunch of real close people. And honestly, this isn't something new either. You know, if you look back in the first church, back in the book of Acts, this is what they were doing. And, and I promise you, it's going to help you today as you begin to live your no limits life in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.